0: Welcome to
1: Experimental Noise Collective, the show where we alienate.
0: Host this time, no, uh, 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 uh-uh.
1: <laughs> where we alienate and confound our audience.
0: Wait, are you really starting this? No. <laughs> No, it's not okay. Welcome to these cocksucking teenagers—the uh, summer edition of these fucking teenagers, where we subject uh, the uh, British television show Skins to a level of scrutiny it may or may not deserve. Though we are with you we'll as your back. host for this week from Nanyuki, <laughs> Kenya, I am Ryan Sheely, and fucking things up for everyone is Matt Rather. Matt, how you doing? Great to have you on the show. Ryan, that um, me that you're teaching at any level. Um.
1: <laughs> to slightly paraphrase uh, episode six of of Skin, season one, this episode will blow your mind.
0: Spoiler alert! There's a blowjob. <laughs> um, big gay
1: blowjob. We will be back. <laughs> Don't unsubscribe from the feed if you hate skins. So actually, we're kind of getting into skins because we'll be back with um, we'll be back with Gossip Girl and Glee when they uh, when they return in uh, in the fall. And I think we can say, Ryan, can we say what we spent last night doing? You and me.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> Bl- blowing each other while our girlfriends watch. Like. That's,
1: that's, that's what we spend the podcast doing. That's how we record. Right.
0: <laughs> right that's interesting. We'll get there again in this in this Maxi and, and Anwar episode. No, we we spent um we spent last night or this morning for me, uh, writing up our application for um a panel at uh at New York Comic Con, which is happening in October. Um, and uh, we. Uh, we, we, we did uh, propose a panel that is a live version of what we do now, um, tailored to a comic con audience and teaching sort of um, selling the premise uh, of the, the sort of importance and interestingness and relevance of teen soap operas to a broader audience, but in, in this case specifically to the comic con audience right the idea um,
1: the idea is that that we are kind of making the case that a lot, of the, a lot of the tropes and a lot of the dynamics of superhero fiction are recapitulated in teen soap opera. Um, don't tell the people at Comic-Con, but it's because those are the tropes and dynamics of, of most narrative, you know, of most sort of heroic narrative. Uh, that is, to say, a concern with an ideal social order and, and what it takes to maintain it, um, the acquisition and the maintenance of power, um, uh, questions about identity, uh, you know the 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 normal stuff, the normal kind of coming of age but, stuff.
0: I, I guess it it makes sense actually. That it, when you put it like that, it's the it makes sense that actually, in some sense, a lot of superhero stories. I mean, especially like the origin stories. You know, the Batman Begins, the first Spider Man movie. You know, the, the the like the first series in any of the movie adaptations of comic books are kind of. You know, they, in, in the comic book lingo, it's an origin story, but you know, it's also the kind of bildungsroman, right? It's yeah. the it's the it's it's the story of how a person becomes a person, right? And and that's what a lot of teenage stories are about exactly that, right? That is forming um, an identity um, from a, a sort of I don't know a primordial hormonal stew um, or something. Right. Um, it's
1: also you know this the you know the comic book. Superhero is what is a hundred years old. I mean, much older than that. There are there are prototypes in literature uh, that are that are much older than that. But the um, you know. and I think we lost Ryan.
0: No, no, I'm here. We lost you, dude.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I said uh, I said that it's about a hundred years old. The 20s is when we saw the first um, comic book superheroes. Right. And, and it's kind of the same in this, this idea. Sorry, I'm rambling, but what I'm proposing is that, that the idea of the teenager and the idea of the comic book superhero are about as old as one another. That is to say they are products of industrialization. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's exactly, I I think that's exactly right. Um, and you know, do you know what else is, um, a product of industrialization?
1: I wanted I – want, wait, I wanted to make the case uh, – oh, Chris. It was Chris on the comments for episode 22 who pointed out that uh, Turner Classic Movies is doing the uh, the teen movie marathon all of all of July and that, you know, you have, like, uh, 50s movies that are concerned with, like, Moral Panic and, like, Reefer Madness and, you know, a mm-hmm. th- Rebel Without a Cause, things like
0: this. Although Reefer Madness is earlier even than, than the 50s, right? Okay, Reefer Madness yeah. is – Early early sound. But yeah, those are the yeah, those those pot smoking swing dancing teenagers exactly, or
1: right. something. Yeah, these these yeah, these uh these reefer smoking teenagers, right? Um, then sixties and counterculture, uh and sort of kicks. And there are two I mean, there are like there's sort of two strains to that. One is the hippies and the other is the the beach boys. You know what I mean? Um Yeah. Then yeah. uh You know, then the 80s and something like Risky Business. Um, which is really about, or even I'd say a movie like Wall Street is the, with the Charlie Sheen character, right? Is really about it's about greed and it's about economic expansion and it's about decadence. And then there's uh, the well, '90s,
0: and I feel like, in, in just as a side in literature, I feel like the the, the work of Bre- Bret Easton Ellis is the kind of analog of, of '80s teenagerdom, right? Sure. And you and you have um, you know both um, what is it? Is it less than zero? Is was his yeah. was his sort of yeah. Party that is, I mean, actually, we should do a literary edition of these fucking teenagers because less than zero is um, is great for that. Um, yeah. And right in our wheelhouse, and then that kind of carries through to American Psycho, which is also an analog, I think, to what you were describing in, well, in Wall Street. American stuff. Psycho
1: is what happens when when the kids in uh, <laughs> when my Los Angeles, when
0: my high school classmates from growing up in Los Angeles, when they stop being artists and become and become investment bankers. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Which is actually where we we've we've completed that transition from from uh, <laughs> uh, for most of us, as you can see from my career in investment banking. I guess there's also there's a counter movement. <laughs>
0: In your career in like killing people while
1: listening to Huey Lewis, um. <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> the power of love is a is a curious thing. Yeah. Um, there's also a counter movement, which is the John Hughes right, uh, which is the John Hughes movement, which is not about decadence, but which is about kind of plain spoken, uh, you know, midwestern teenagers, right? Right. And then, uh, and then nineties, right. nineties and, um, uh, Richard Linklater and reality bites and kind of slacker culture and into, um, you know, into kind of millennial, well, I don't know, sort of millennial decadence or kind of the, the, the Baroque stage that we're sort of in with, with Gossip Girl. Um, I, and I think there've been parallel,
0: but I think it's interesting. In, I think I,
1: in superhero, but I comics. think
0: you're almost going off the- I think, that, I think just that just that as as no I mean, uh, uh, no I was going to say that though I think that something that happens by the 90s is that you have more like it's interesting that you know I mean the the narrative that you crafted of the sort of history of teen media it, you know up to the 80s is primarily um is is primarily Film is, is primarily movies, uh, feature, feature films. Um, I think that, and I don't know. We, we haven't actually talked too much about the sort of the history of, um, of 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 teen soap operas, but I think this. I mean. It, it, like the 90s are the beginning of a golden age of televised uh, teen fiction yeah. um and i think that 90210 is still one of the the first movers in this realm um there, you know you could probably put a few things earlier but in terms of the archetype of teen soap opera um yeah. i think i think it's there and then you have there's a a variety of other followers and you have arcs that, you know, through to late nineties, you have your, your Dawson's Creek. Um, you have your OC, right. Uh, and, and that's where you get your, 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 the gossip girl. Um, and in film right now, I feel like in film, I mean, I, I, I say the bigger force is the, I mean, my, the, in my mind, the two big juggernauts in feature length, like teen ish entertainment or entertainment that features teenagers are actually marketed towards more a younger audience and i think that that's high school musical franchise and the twilight franchise oh i was
1: going to say harry um, potter i was going to say harry potter and twilight yeah
0: and harry potter as well i think harry potter as well but those three um where you yeah, actually probably. have teenagers and part but of it's, that, it's the, know, the part audience that is younger than Part sorry that
1: is like, no 17-year-olds actually read 17 Magazine, you know what I mean? 14-year-olds read 17 Magazine, you know?
0: 14-year-olds and 45-year-olds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, with with their windowless van and uh, um, Stranger Danger. No, uh, that is to say there's something, right, it's not, uh, it's being presented as, as sort of aspirational, right? Um, and these... Uh, you know and these these fucking teenagers are are sort of role models in a way i feel that that way about gossip girl right that there's that there's a uh, there's a kind of uh, je- it's sort of janice faced right it's looking at viewers who are much younger than the characters on the show well maybe not much younger because there's there's sort of a floor but and it's it's looking at at viewers who are older um but uh, uh you know you know it 's funny who who is the audience for these things are, are are teenagers themselves the audience I mean with a show like Glee, everyone is the audience um, in, in a lot of ways these these teenage entertainments seem designed to kind of do what we do, which is alienate and confound uh, their audience uh, or certain certain segments of it i mean that 's certainly true of skins, which seems sort of purpose built to be um, uh purpose built to be uh, uh, uh sort of quote unquote edgy you know
0: well and why but why is that purpose built to uh alienate and confound uh, uh, i mean that, that's alienate.
1: only alienate and confound the grown ups it's kind of like gossip girl with the omfg campaign where it's just like or the uh or the do you remember the campaign when they when they had the uh the quotations the sort of condemning quotations from reviewers uh, they're really yeah it's was like shockingly nasty yeah. um uh, yeah a, a brutish piece but, of work solitary poor nasty, I
0: feel like, I, short that's right that's the hobbes's review of 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 (laughs) gossip Uh, um but but that that's more of also well right that's i think what that's doing is it's it's staking out a claim for legitimacy based on the fact that your parents just won't get this yeah right um which is your parents just won't get this but you're like but you're 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 28 like your twenty-eight-year-old cousin will get it better than you do. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sort of. I mean, because those writers, the, the writers on Gossip Girl, anyway, are really smart. But the the um, yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's like uh, I guess in that in that way, that's a marker of authenticity, right? That's a that's a play for um, for authenticity because the the explicit theme of a lot of these kind of teenage. Uh, these sort of adolescent or coming of age stories is that uh, the the parents um, are bankrupt of any sort of values or dreams uh, or feelings, right? And they're, they're uh, sort of soulless automatons, and um, the uh, it's really the kids who who have you know spirit and uh, and dreams and and authentic authentic experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting, you know, about I think, I think we've we've picked, a, you know, the the sort of the set of now three works of fiction that we're considering in this show I don't necessarily follow that closely, right? There, there are different. I mean, I think that especially Gossip Girl and Glee, you know, and we were. I think we discussed this a bit last week. In the last uh, over the last two weeks as we've been discussing um skins that skins is a little different in its treatment of the parents and is a little more like what you described um but whereas it's it's when the when the parents in in a gossip girl world or a glee world or the you know the teachers in the glee world express authenticity it's in a way that's very similar it's parallel to the uh how the um children express right so the, I, I think it's it's you know if, if singing is is an expression of some in glee is an expression of something, ultimately sort of childlike, or, of some kind of impulse or moment of self actualization or self realization, right? That that it's the adults who who sing are those who are are, are tapping into that and are, are you know you, the the pre the principal hasn't yet sung right. Well, Sue, uh,
1: know, Will's Sue, ex- has, White, Sue has, uh, has yeah, Sue, Sue has sung
0: and. and I mean it's funny, but Sue is sung, and I think that that fits with the arc of right like, she didn 't start singing until like I think that sue singing is is uh, happened around the same time as Sue becoming more of a sympathetic character yeah right and less of a of a of a of a less of a uh, two-dimensional uh, catchphrase monster. spouting two dimensional monster right yeah
1: but right exactly and it's i mean it's interesting that will is. Right. He's living in the past when he sings, you know, and, exactly. And part of the singing for him is sort of pathetic, right? That that he yeah. he kind of can't move beyond it. But these yeah. you know, there it honestly, you don't see a lot of um you don't see a ton of entertainment that's about how you make an adult life, you know, like. How, that's about compromise and and relationships that, that sort of last, the kind of middle period of relationships, you know, and the the long, long middle period of relationships. That doesn't make for television because, or, well, maybe it wouldn't make for television. It doesn't make for movies because there's such a dailiness uh, to it. There's like a quotidian aspect to it that yeah. is, that is is anti-cinematic, you know? Um like, uh, you know, it's, it's not a dramatic story. You know, I wanted to go to one restaurant and my, my wife wanted to go to another. And so we settled on a third that was not totally satisfactory to either of us, but, you know, decent for both of us.
0: Um, well, Jules, Jules and Jim is kind of like that, right? But it's a threesome, <laughs> <laughs> right? Cause Jules and Jim plays out over a really long period of time, if I remember correctly. Um, and it's a long term love triangle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, it's it, but I guess that that makes it work because there's still this like underlying structural um, sort of instability.
1: Yeah, there's um, mean, it's, and, and it's sort of like perpetual adolescence, isn't it? It's like it's it's a uh, you know, if the story of adulthood is the story of of tensions being resolved, uh, right? Of of um, uh, of these things being worked out, then. Then a lot of a lot of stories, a lot of so-called grown-ups in our popular entertainment are actually sort of our adolescents in suspended animation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, speaking of living in the past, uh, we're this is a podcast about skins, and we're we're spending it talking uh, reliving our glory days of, um, of of just a few months ago <laughs> when we could talk about new episodes of Glee and Gossip Girl. Um, but in fact, I think that you know, and, and you you have you've, you've, you've been very um, you know apologetic to our audience um, about the fact that we, you know we're, we're we're going in a different direction. I just we're not want to sure lose
1: any of them. You know, uh, hang on.
0: I know we are. I think we're we're bringing them along, and we're also. I think you know we've had enough action in the show notes um, and uh, on the emails, which is uh, you know tft podcast uh, at overthinkingit.com dot yeah. com. Uh, you find can find the shows uh, posted at uh, www. www.overthinkingit.com. dot You can find it uh, on iTunes. uh, These f star 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 ing teenagers. You know what? Um, We're actually
1: we're the first Google hit, or at least we were a while ago for these fucking teenagers. I mean, the rest of it is porn. You know, as well. Rest porn. We are number one.
0: uh, Higher Google. uh, We're 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 more linked than porn. That's uh, which is (laughs) awesome. Um, But the, Um, the point is that. All of these venues were starting um, the, the first episode the first skins of episode was a little bit of a transitional period for our listeners people were getting caught up um, you know the um, format didn't change that much but the the what we i guess it did change in that we weren't just um watching what what aired and and then tuning in um but we've i, I think what's been great is that some of our um long term time dedicated uh listeners and commenters have continued to to write in um but we've got some new feedback from from uh uh long time listeners first time writers yep. and one is a, a to a highlight from uh from listener Tim who yep. writes in from Well, as I say, across the pond, he's on the same side of the pond that I am right now. And across the pond, he's somewhere between... Um, Matt and myself uh, on uh, hey, in the on veiny, the British Isles
1: yeah in the in the veiny Greenwich meantime region
0: in the veiny the exact in the, yeah, exactly. the, the, the metropolitan if you will um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that would you like to 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 either introduce or uh, get into to Tim's email?
1: Yep, let's uh let's read it from Tim. Uh, he says hey, up Uh, Long time listener, first time writer. I promise to bust out the clarinet should I come up with something pithy enough to warrant phoning in. Oh, uh, sorry,
0: Tim. So, so as as an aside, Tim, I hope this means that you have an awesome, huge mustache. Like, (laughs) please. Like, if if you could have the mustache call in, that would be just really great. Here's, Um,
1: you know what? We keep flogging, or I keep anyway, I should say, flogging the voicemail, and we don't get any voicemails. And here's why, I think. These fucking teenagers don't use. the phone anymore they don't talk on the phone right
0: well, send us a text message we need then we need a text message account you know right what? so I people can actually, send us sms messages well, that like. is
1: a, that's a google voice number and so we can get sms messages at that number so you can text. Serious? yeah so you can text 20 awesome. fat jog zero one that's two zero three two eight five six four zero one you actually can uh, text us with 160 characters of your uh,
0: it also means it also means that you can sext us
1: <laughs> oh god oh no no please don't please don't keep us out of jail no,
0: you can only sext us if you work in like uh, references to either French new wave cinema or um, or, or critical literary theory um. right absolutely
1: you can reenact you can reenact Foucault's you know history of sexuality uh, in the form of MMS
0: messages I thought you were gonna or the direction of like the drawing and quartering parts of uh, discipline and punish, but whatever. <laughs>
1: um, and,
0: so uh, through, so, through yeah. so you can text us at 203 285
1: 6401. Um, I really hope this becomes a thing, man. Yeah, I know it would, be, I really it would be fantastic. OMG. Uh, okay. Um, sorry, Tim. Uh, we're picking up. Um, uh, Tim says, uh, uh, I've only ever seen bits of Skins being put off in large part by the relentless saturation advertising of it when the program was being launched, and also being 27 when it was first aired, not really in the target audience of the show. So this isn't going to go into any sort of depth regarding the show itself, but it feels like context that might benefit your analysis. Uh, a true academic, Tim. Thank you. Um,
0: first, as, up, as, 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 a, as a follow-up question for Tim, um, I'd be interested to know, actually, you know, something we've talked about, actually, in the, you know, the. First part of this discussion of, uh, of in this episode right now, um, we, we mentioned that you know Gossip Girl is a show that certainly seems to have a dual audience, and actually as is um, Glee, you know these Janus faced audiences. Um, we, I'd be interested to know your your reading of whether Skins is is primarily focused um, on the, the sort of under twenty demographic, or if it is similarly um, bimodal. Um, so any uh, any any. Either qualitative or quantitative evidence that you have on that would be uh, greatly appreciated, or anyone else.
1: Yeah, um, and how actually, how was it advertised? Was it advertised like Gossip Girl with, with like by playing up the shocking elements, by playing up the the moral panic around the show as a selling point, or in in some other way? Anyway. Um, so uh first up the channel that skins was made by E4. This is a digital sister to Channel 4 which is Channel 4 is one of the uh major terrestrial channels uh, and one which has some limited public broadcasting obligations as a as a result. It made up of a lot of US imports, uh reality TV and some documentaries and original drama um uh, including Skins and the teenage soap operas uh, Hollyoaks. Ooh, I've heard of that. I, I've never. There's, or sorry, that's Channel Four. Uh, uh, that's Channel Four. I think there's BBC One and Two, maybe three, and then Channel Four as the kind of the terrestrial stations. Maybe there are more now. It's been a while since I was in uh, Britain, but okay. So E4 is the digital. Um, sister to Channel 4. Early Channel 4 had a reputation for being fairly highbrow, which has been uh, rather lost in recent years, given the proportion of reality shows and lurid documentaries. Um, This is now mainly an excuse to quote Stuart Lee and recommend his work generally if OTI is not already familiar with it. Uh, Nineties comedian being pretty overthought in itself. Uh, this um, This is Stuart Lee now, quote, Channel 4 is like a flurry of sewage that comes into your house unbidden, where E4 is like you constructed a sluice to let it in. Now, getting back into skins, the nature of the production uh, is in some part influenced by the public broadcasting obligations. A lot of content was created in a sort of open source kind of way, where there were competitions, open auditions for the creation of idents, logos, artwork, music, to be a writer or actor. Uh, the show uses young writers and unknown actors, often with this being their first commission and just guided by the uh, production team script editors. Um, one of whom was briefly the tremendous josie long oh i don 't know who that is, uh, which may explain the unevenness at times, yeah, I mean, I guess it 's uneven i you know I got to say I think the writing on skins is pretty good
0: um it 's been getting better i mean I think the the first couple episodes were uneven yeah okay, uh, like i think we, we've we 've hit an inflection point um in the season um and and our, but we 'll get back to that continue yep um
1: what the show generally purported to be about was giving teenagers early 20-somethings the opportunity to portray their real lives on TV. There was a lot of accompanying internet work, fake MySpace profiles for characters and webisodes, blogs, etc., to supplement the main show. Uh, in respect to a couple of cultural elements that come up in your discussions, uh, safe is not unusual slang, and it was strange hearing it discussed as such. Aha! Well, then we were wrong about that. Or I was wrong about that, I should say. Obviously, the That
0: was not very safe. That was yeah. not very safe in life.
1: No. Um, Although obviously the concept of someone being unsure how to use the lingo is still going to work even without it being invented, use of, uh, use of "safe" does somewhat regionally identify the show, though, as I think it, it originated in Wales or Southwest England. By contrast, the accents don't. The accents don't really, real uh, regionally identify the show at all. Um, uh, there aren't any like West Midlands accents or, or Bristol or West uh, Country. He says accents in there. I don't think.
0: And Tim, if you do call in, could you if you could do a few of these accents and distinguish them from one another? That would be wonderful.
1: it in the nature of the clarinet versus rap episode, but Bristol does have a fairly long standing reputation for musical creativity, um, uh, Homa for starters Masser, massive attack, tricky uh, Porter said and represent um, i haven 't heard of represent
0: i I, I, just wanted, I actually want to get in, in, into that i mean um, quickly is that you know I was I was arguing that there was not sufficient evidence for me that jo 's dad was um, a rap artist. And I think that like the, the list of, uh, of, of artists there that who are associated with Bristol indicates that he very well could be like a trip hop artist or some other like dance and electronic music artist. Um, and, and, and that would like fit a little more with just the entire way that he is portrayed. Um, that he's, you know, it's, it, it is, you know still different from a a it's, you know he's not a brit pop artist obviously but it, but it's not um he's not a a rapper he's not a um necessarily a a british you know puff daddy yeah. um, who's who's grown up so i think that i i think that that's um you know i i um i think i i engage what in I don't um, know enough about uh, British music to. It's, it's sort of like the New York. From my view of British music, it's sort of like that the New Yorker cartoon. It's like yeah. the view from Fatano or whatever, right? So it's like over there. It's all it's all British music, right? And so I don't distinguish um, so much in my mind like London scene from Bristol scene from Mad Manchester um, and and the like. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, that's really, it's like, I see that's the common theme, the sort of trip hop, um, which is, I think a more down tempo, like electronic, um, music of the mid nineties. And I could have pushed it back. I don't know the scene. Well, it strikes me as being distinct enough from sort of from hip hop or, you know, proto grime, um, that, that I think that that fits more with what we saw of Jal's dad.
1: Yeah. um, Tim goes on. Uh, You're probably aware, but in case not, a quick summary of where sixth form sits in the British education system. Uh, And that's that's the level of education that these characters are at. It's essentially the first voluntary part of education. Uh, GCSEs, which I think are, I think that stands for like General Comprehensive State Exam or something. I'm, I'm probably way off, but it's, but that's what it is. It's a General Comprehensive State Exam. Um, are taken at age 15, 16, and at this stage it's permissible to leave the school for the adult world of work. Uh, the alternative is to enter sixth form, actually now called year 12 and year 13. Um, uh either attached to a school or in an independent college for another 2 years doing A levels essentially specializing in 3 to 6 subjects or alternatively a uh GNVQ or other vocational qualification so that okay so you you graduate from volunt- from uh from compulsory education at 16 ish uh, and you can elect either to do some vocational course or uh, what our characters are doing, uh, which is sixth form, uh, that leads to specialization in three to six subjects uh, called a levels, uh, perhaps roughly equivalent to uh, AP tests in high school, if those were a special year that you did uh, that you did by yourself. Um, a level results are then usually the metric by which students are judged for admission into university for bachelor or higher level courses. Um, uh, that, okay, so that when when they say college in Britain, they mean something uh, different than what we mean by college in America. Uh, by college in America, we mean bachelor's level education, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, and Tim says finally, I'd also like to recommend Charlie Brooker's uh, screen burn column regarding his changing views of Skins. Spoilers for the end of series one within. Uh, and again, I'd recommend his work in both print and on TV. Search for screen screen wipe on YouTube. Uh, what came out was longer than Rambler than I was expecting, but some of it may be of interest. Regards, Tim. Thanks very much, Tim.
0: Um, I just I, I actually have another question, Matt. You may be able to answer this, and if not, if we can't answer this between our own knowledge and, uh, on the spot with, uh, Wikipedia searching, um, then Tim Cullen again. Um, but I think there's also another distinction, um, that I was just thinking through as you were reading that description, Matt, is that I feel like what's, what are called, what's called a public school in, uh, in, in, in England, in the UK is what we call a private school in the U S is is that correct? correct? Yeah. Um,
1: and that so it's and then, so the but, distinction is between state schools and public schools whereas for us we okay. call them public schools and, and and private schools but yeah in england uh, public school is the opposite of what we mean by a public school
0: and so and and, and that distinction right so that the, the the main characters the main the main gang in uh um, skins are are state school students right and the other the the posh kids go to a, a public school is that correct uh Yes,
1: I think so, right, and that that the posh kids are marked as having um someone wrote this didn't someone wrote this in in the show notes right? or uh that they are marked as having um excess thousand pounds a year uh uh which is what. Uh, close to 20,000 us, um, to spend on, uh, to spend on education.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and, um, and it seems that, so, you know, again, thinking more about, so what's, I mean, I guess it is an interesting question is, is, so, to what extent does does this setup of the system um, and the differences um, with with our system, to what extent is that important? I mean, this this kind of echoes back to a discussion we had in our first uh, our first summer school session. Um, you know, and I think a, something we'll return to because this is ultimately a podcast about Gossip Girl and Glee. I mean, we're we're kind of you know spinning our wheels for 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 a couple weeks here. Um, Well, if not, I mean, I think we're we're making some new headway, but um, there's still the the, the reference points. Is is this is the differences in the organization? Are are the differences in the organization of the school system relevant to the the deeper differences um, in in what skins is about vis-a-vis what gossip grow or glee is about in, in the deeper sense?
1: I, uh, you know, I think maybe I think the fact that this is a voluntary level of education rather than being, you know, rather than being uh, high school, um, you know, it actually does kind of make a difference. I mean, the characters seem to have a little more autonomy um, in terms of uh, where they go and how they do, though, in the Sid episode, right, he's he's sort of grounded. So he's still under. Uh, under parental control, but they, they seem to exist in a um, they, they seem to exist in a space of of uh, slightly more independence than what we would expect from high school
0: students in, uh, in the states. It's interesting that you say that because actually, what it re- reminds me of, um, and when you when you frame it that way, is the. Um, is, is, is a ritual practiced uh, by teenagers from a community very close to where I come from, uh, which is the Amish. Uh, and the Amish yeah. have a, a, a social institution called Rumspringa, uh, which literally means the running around period. Um, and the idea, and this comes from the Anabaptist uh, religious tradition in which they actually, it was a reaction to, you know, one of the outgrowths during the Protestant Revolution. The Amish believed that you shouldn't baptize a child when they're a baby, but they should actually be able to exercise autonomy uh, in a choice um, uh as to what church they're going to belong to and so that you don't baptize until um you're a much later teenager. Um and so before baptism there's there's this rumspringer, you know, comes from the the German dialect that Pennsylvania Dutch is um is is, is derived from and, and they the the teenagers leave the community, um, experience English life, right? So all non-Amish are known as English. Experience English life, and then decide whether they want to go back. Um, and there's a great documentary called Devil's Playground um, that depicts uh, the room springer in. Uh, there's a few uh, from uh, from Lancaster County, which is where where I'm from, um, and then a few in Indiana. And what's what's really striking, and what what I'm what I think I'm also how I want to link this back to the discussion of of the Sid episode, especially, but this question of is there is you know this uh, sixth form actually um, voluntary? Is is what you see? Um, the, the, what you end up seeing is that although these Amish kids get to go into the the modern world, into the English world, you know they they have about a sixth. You know they're they're sixteen year olds with a sixth grade education. Um, yeah, you know, they don't have any skills. They, their idea of the modern world is like sitting in a trailer, um, selling crystal meth and playing PlayStation, um, and and they, they go back they go back to their community because like they're not that interested in the modern world. And the point is, um, and there's actually some political scientists who have studied, like political theorists who have studied uh, this institution from the perspective of like, liberal political thought, and say, well, this is such a constrained choice that it's not actually an exercising of autonomy, um, that it's a false kind of autonomy, because the choice set is already so structured that they're not really choosing being Amish versus the counterfactual of if they had been born in another community. Um, they're, they're, they're being shown, they, they have a very constrained choice set with respect to the outside world, and that's very constrained uh, autonomy.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, false autonomy. Hey, that's a, that's a really sort of interesting... That's a really interesting, uh, uh, lens through which to understand a lot of teen, um, uh, a lot of, teen- and I
0: think actually, I think, I think, and I think skins especially, I think that, I think that it's really, I mean, you really see it, um, in the Sid episode, right? That there's a lot of both. I think there's both false autonomy and then false removal of autonomy, right? So the real constraints on autonomy for Sid come from these bigger structural invisible forces rather than from being grounded, right? So in, in fact, his autonomy is more constrained by Tony than it is by his parents.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I mean, there are, in fact, Sid is kind of, of presented as sort of a... You know, pathetic, sad sack. Because pretty much anyone can constrain his autonomy. You know, the girl gang, right? Can can yeah. uh, constrain his autonomy. The school system, and that that fantastic uh, terrible teacher can constrain his autonomy. Dad can briefly uh, constrain his autonomy, um, or at least purport to constrain his autonomy. Uh, mm-hmm. Right? And and he's he really has no. Um, he really has a very small uh, space within which to move. He can't even jerk off in peace, you know?
0: Right, 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 right. That is to say the At
1: ultimate the kind of expression of self, right? Like self-pleasuring, the sex act that requires right. no other people. Uh, even that is denied to him by Tony who comes in, sees it and says, you know, I'm going to come in again and we'll have none of this nonsense this, you know, this time.
0: Right, I mean, it's, it's very interesting that he's like this, this waif amidst all kinds of forces. And they're not all, all these forces aren't in concert, right? That he's being pushed in every different way. I mean, so I guess that's the question of, but I feel like what's interesting about Sid is that they, I think that the way that the show is moving is that, so like the first half of the Sid episode is trying to show the extreme, um, the extreme constraint, the extreme sort of reduction of autonomy. And then it's trying to carve out both in the end of the episode and then the way that that projects, I think where it's going to project through the end of the series of what is the possibility for agency, um, even in this extreme kind of constraint. Um, and I don't know, I think that, you know, maybe I'm just overthinking it, but I think what's really interesting about there's a really interesting choice of music, um, in the very, very first, um, like the montage in the actually like the previously on skins montage for this episode um, the backing music is a song called "Standing in the Way of Control" um, by Amer- an American band uh, called The Gossip, um, and I just I, I think that um, I, I think it's coincidental that the Sid episode is introduced by a um, a song called about about control and about uh, sort of sexual autonomy and individuality. Um, and 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 that conflict. Right. And so I think that um, I think that sets that from my my mind um, when I was rewatching um, uh, set the co- cognitive agenda for how to sort of how to view Sid um, and his is both constrained autonomy um, and and. The, the, the real versus um, purported uh, constraints on his autonomy.
1: And this is, I mean, this is interesting. Uh, he's interesting as a contrast with Tony, right? Who seems to be his, the, he seems to be a foil for Tony, um, right? Where Tony yeah. is the one who, uh, oh, Tony is the one who can. Um, you know, go, go where he likes pretty much all the uh, adults are sycophantic towards him. He has his choice of, of sexual partners of, of both sexes. We discover, um, right. Um, he's, uh, he's reading Nietzsche in this episode, uh, and, and I think in the Maxine Anwar episode as well, but, uh, you know, so, um, he's got, uh, he, he's got that going on, right?
0: but what's interesting is that you start to feel that like it's actually i don't know i think this is partially just is in the writing that that, that um, sid is is portrayed although he's the sad sack is is you know his life is seems to be the more meaningful one right so that so that tony lives this kind of charmed life that's kind of meaningless and devoid of, of connection and and instead is extremely constrained but like but cares for people right so in some ways the agency is coming from caring for people right it's it's ultimately it's the season finale of lost it's like <laughs> you know that heaven is heaven heaven is other people right it's like the anti <laughs> right like like um right no no that is the message for alert that's what lost is about heaven is other people um or, as you know the new whole city album is heaven is whenever we can get together right um, and I think that these are the two poles right that um, that 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 Tony and Sid um, are kind of representing right is is it that you know that in fact, meaning comes from the constraints placed upon us by society right so that we all have people grounding us and patronizing us and screwing us over and And leading us on um, and it 's the way that we treat them back that makes life meaningful, or is it the fact that you 're connected to all these meaningless people and and you and you just and you fuck around with them like tony does right so these it 's kind of a a Nietzschean versus i 'm not sure what um what Sid's uh, counterpoint is, is that they seem to be two way, two different visions of of the good life and how to live a sort of socially constrained good life. Yeah. Um.
1: Let's see. Anything else from the Sid episode? I mean, the 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 major narrative drive is that he has to he has to write his paper. What did you think of the, of the uh, academic training montage at, at the end of the episode where he pulls an all nighter and actually writes his writes as his, his paper. I mean, as an academic yourself, uh, right. That it's, it's sort of, it's interesting to see intellectual work portrayed on, uh, on screen. Right. Yeah. And I think I liked
0: it because it's, 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 it, I mean, I, I, I think that we, we could probably have a whole long digression on productivity and means of, of, of creative productivity and academic productivity. But I think that, I mean, it's, it's again, I think, so on one hand, I think the, the, the time elapse um, for, uh, sequence of him just becoming engrossed and, and banging it out was, was good. It was realistic. Um, you know, in our, our show notes, you mentioned, there's not lots and lots of, depictions of academic work in, in fiction, of the actual work happening, right? In the same way that there's not a lot of depictions of, like, long-run stable relationships, right? It's yeah. something that takes a lot of time. I mean, I guess the other, what are the other, like, kind of tropes? I mean, I think, like, goodwill hunting, right? Like, the equations on the blackboard um, yeah, or the or uh, mean, uh, John, John Nash, right? Yeah. Like, like the, uh, the, the the equations swirling in front of him.
1: Well, right. You need a way, I guess, to do it, to do it visually. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking of Reese Witherspoon in Pleasantville, uh, where, right, where she actually, when she reads a book, she turns into color and that's her, you know, that, that was sort of her block that this, this idea of kind of intellectual activity is related to independence. Um, that is to say mm. within the space of your own mind, uh, you are free, you know?
0: Um, right. But I, what, what I think, what, what, I think is interesting about, um, with, Sid is that it, it, it does though have this kind of psychological um, causation that we that we see um, that we we discussed in, in the last episode that that skins does fall into just, well this thing happened in this person's life and now it's making them do this right so like you know Sid got kind of like you know fucked over and so is now going to sit and bang out this paper because he can do it right he 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 like yelling at his father for being like a, a, a sad sack uh piece of shit and and that and you know all these stuff happens um and, and gives him the agent you know the ability to sort of assert his agency. And I feel like that's not where the interesting stuff is happening. I mean I liked I liked the I liked the depiction, right? So the actual I like the dependent variable. I don't like the independent variable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That is, I like. I think. I think the outcome is well measured, but I, 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 I think the depiction, uh, the story of how how we got there and how they got there is not satisfying to me. Yeah. Um. So, as, as a piece of descriptive inference, is good, but as a piece of causal inference, it is weak.
1: Uh, let's move on to the total education episode, the total gay panic well, episode.
0: And- and, and actually the, let's let's transition this is how i'd like to transition um because well, i hey, think you' the,
1: you're the host
0: exactly and so um and, and so my wish is my command um is that so I, what's interesting a link between these two episodes and this is a, it's, it's a nice kind of continuity, and we can talk about whether this is meaningful and I think it might be um so that the 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 assignment that, um, that, that Sid has to write is on, on Lexileza and solidarity, right, and the international politics of, um, of, of the transition from communism in Poland. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the Maxi and Anwar episode is about a field trip to, uh, you know, post-Soviet Russia, right? And um, I guess this is because the class that they're taking is is something like contemporary Russian history. Um, I forget is this said explicitly, but it seems like that's the case, right? That the either like that is their curriculum or their like 20th century history class. Like their professor is just really like you know a wannabe John Gaddis, and is just really really big on the we the we we know now um, you know outside of <laughs> the dog history.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's said.
0: I don't think it said, yeah, I, I think
1: it said explicitly. I, I mean, this could be contemporary Europe or something like that, right?
0: Right, 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 right. I think it's interesting because, um, and just to get back to this issue about sort of constraint of agency, right? That I feel like um, when when um, when Tony comes in and kind of and starts writing Sid's paper for him, I, I forget the, the the verbatim quote. He's just down to write something about the the extreme influence that the Soviet Union has over uh, over Poland, right? Over Polish foreign policy, right? Yeah, and, that, this, and it's like
1: this all changed with a certain uh, with uh, oh, I forget the event. It's not my period.
0: It's the well, it's the Gdansk, um, um, right? It's, it's, it's like yeah. there's, a, there's a like uh, in, in Gdansk in, in Danzig. Um, I think it's called Danzig, I I think I may have made that up. Um, but Gdansk anyhow um, but I think what 's interesting about that is that 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 sentence i feel like right is a is a nice is like a little metaphor for the whole episode right that that tony is the um the the is the soviet union and and Sid is the satellite state um, sure. who is who is controlled right and um and so I think that 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 the and and you can see that again. You know, we talked in our first episode about Tony's political style, and we talked about it in the in the context of theories of executive leadership. But I think we could you could also talk about it in in terms of theories of um, of international relations um, that we've talked a lot about in the context of Gossip Girl. Um, and you know, we won't won't we'll, we'll rehash. But this seems to be an international system where there isn't another superpower. Um, um You know Tony is kind of the superpower and has all these these satellite states that that that, he, that he's that uh, he 's um manipulating um and and so it 's interesting that they go to a former a former superpower um and and i you know the the russia that 's portrayed um is is a is, is more or less a failed or sort of flailing state right it's it's corrupt it 's backwards it's rural um it's it's uh has poor infrastructure poor accommodations it's, it's it's ass backwards right and you know what What like why why russia why field trip to russia why and why depict it in that in this way
1: as uh you mean as kind of a failed state yeah. I mean why is, well, yeah, but isn't that, I mean, I mean is it the idea of that last shot where they're all drinking together? all the Russians are sort of drinking together, and this has been a great big this has been a great big uh, uh prank on on the english that the uh you know what I mean the soldiers are
0: i mean that's thin- what I'm wondering I, I was wondering whether that means whether it's all like a put on or whether it's like they're just like they're okay with their dysfunctionality because they make a lot of money off of the british like it's it's unclear to me whether it's like whether it was a put on and and they're they're benefiting or they're just benefiting from the, the, that one man's dysfunctionality is another man's uh, like functional system right they're like what looks like cr- corruption and dysfunctionality is like a system that that is legitimate to them because it's paying their bills and i, I don't know if we have evidence to, um, to, make, to, make an, to to make an to
1: assertion to, either way, but you know something something yeah. about it. So we're, I mean, we're we're sort of setting up a dichotomy between how the system looks to the the uh, British teenagers um, and to us, you know, uh, the audience, and how it, how the the system is lived from the inside by the by the people who um uh you know who have to make their way uh, under this system. You know, um, well, I think what's interesting
0: though is that the teenagers. Right. So I feel like the teenagers see it more as it is than the teachers do. Right. So I think that in some ways that the the Russian society, right, is I don't know if it's like it's an analog for the the teenage society. So like the in some ways, it's like a, a, a parallel teenage society, or a, a teenage society that they 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 understand the general logic of it, but not the specific rules, right? Like they like understand seeing like the hot chick and like breaking into her room and breaking her out. But like, don't realize that she's like the wife and and not the daughter, Yeah. right? And you know, it's like they 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 recognize getting drunk with like with policemen with like with the older dudes, but don't recognize that, that makes like it makes it seem like they're prostitutes, um, <laughs> which is how I read that. These Jal and Michelle, yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Going, but they they sort of look like, uh, you know, they're they're coming off as hookers.
0: Um, so. Right, so it's like so it's like the, there's it's a similar kind of world, but they just don't understand the exact rules. Whereas, like the the teacher understands, you know, he's supposedly a social studies teacher, and um, and 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 understands, um, like the the country, the culture that he is teaching, as little as he understands the people. To whom he is teaching that material, right? He's clueless about the dynamics of both worlds. He has a false view of how of, of how both work, um, and so there's these those three kinds of worlds. There's the adult world, the the the, the teenage world of a of a emerging modernity in, in Russia or something like, or emerging postmodernity. modernity, um, and and then the and then the, the teenage world as it's set up in, in the logic of of skins. Yeah. This yeah. is,
1: I mean, this gets at a, a, um, a dichotomy that we've talked about before in, um, uh, in another connection, slightly, and something that pete 's written a lot about, which is that once you have a theory you you can choose to devote yourself to your theory and to kind of fit the facts of the world into your theory, or you can you can choose to to devote yourself to um, the the facts uh, on the ground kind of as you encounter them uh, without any sort of connecting uh, overarching theory to to tie them together right um, that is you can kind of take a top down or a bottom-up view of of things and you know on the one hand uh, a top-down view leads you to be uh and and you know uh, kind of t- try to shoehorn things into the theory that don't necessarily fit um on the other hand with totally a bottom-up view you have no principles you, you you know you have no um uh uh values or or anything like that and you're you're just sort of totally uh totally opportunistic and the um you know this is a, I, I would submit that this for russia which is translated which is kind of transitioning at least in in the show it's being represented as transitioning from a uh uh a, a, a governance model that is totally determined by a theory, or at least purports to be determined yeah. by a theory, to to one yeah. that is, is that is sort of slightly more opportunistic, and that is kind of emerging, you know, uh, emerging into into capitalism, though though a capitalism without a lot of the institutions of democratic society right. That, right. that we take right. to be. Um, that we take to be essential to capitalism, like or,
0: or uh, the social institutions that are essential to capitalism, right? The, the sort of the, the sets of norms and social structures that that underpin the function of, of autonomous individual transactions, right? Yeah, the idea. Um, I mean, the
1: idea of uh, I mean, the Enlightenment. You know, the kind of the legacy of the Enlightenment in um, uh, in American culture and in in sort of Western European in liberal democracies yeah. generally.
0: Well, sure. And the idea of, of you know, property rights, indiv- in, inalienable individual rights, like, including property rights and a right to certain forms, access of, of, of justice, of impartial justice as being sort of central to a political and social order. Right. Yeah, and I the, think that's right.
1: The idea of the idea, uh, you know, I was thinking about this uh, in the connection of, of being— uh, being tourists in uh, – not only in a sort of former extremely authoritarian state and still kind of an authoritarian state, but also just being tourists generally, right? Y- you don't have uh, rights necessarily or or your rights are circumscribed um, uh, pretty, uh, pretty narrowly, right? Um, that is to say this is not your country where you have recourse to things like courts or to um, – uh uh you know to to the freedoms that, that we expect to the quote unquote rights um that we expect to be able to enforce against uh, others or against the state when they're when they're infringed upon and you know um bribery, you know, you think that that corruption in a political system is, kind of seems to undermine the uh, the social instit- institutions necessary for uh, democracy to flourish. But in, in another connection, it's sort of, it's what you would expect. Uh, I mean, why not fleece the tourists? You know, they're not citizens. <laughs>
0: well, that's an interesting, but that, I mean, on one hand, um, I mean, I don't know, I'm, I'm currently in a place with with very sophisticated um, approach technologies of, of fleecing all kinds of, uh, of, of people. I mean, I think it's the question of like, like I think there's different equilibria that come down to how much you wish to, um, you know, kill the goose that lays the golden egg, right? You can fleece the tourists, but they might tell the other tourists, and then they'll go to the country where there's less bribery right uh-huh. um, if you think about a dynamic model of competition for for tourists um that that uh you i think that 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 this amount of bribery is 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 um not a strategically sustainable level um the the level depicted in this episode of skins sure. um that you know none of these people are telling are going to go well I guess Anwar would tell uh, his friends to go because um, you can like bone um a teenager um, yeah, absolutely. Fellows, yeah absolutely
1: the child brides are are delicious in russia <laughs>
0: A de- yeah, delicious and speaking um an interesting valley girl kind of um form of English, which I think um you know, maybe we should get to briefly. Um but um yeah, that you know, I lost the train of thought thinking about the child bride, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, do don't you, don't what, don't, uh, don't clear, take brides. Is it clear what um <laughs> is it clear what television show she was watching? Um, yeah, no, it could, it could be like Baywatch or it could be like Clueless or something, you know, or it could be like, uh, uh, or really any of the shows we cover. I mean, I, I think that the, the Russian child bride, uh, what's her name? Anka. I think that Anka Mm -hmm. is a, um, is a devotee of, uh, of the, these fucking teenagers podcast.
0: In, 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 in media and practice. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, exactly. It's, uh, and, and I think it's interesting, though, it's, it's, it's one of the few ways. I mean, you don't actually see a lot of America or American pop culture coming into the show, um, really. And, and, and it was, it's interesting just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting with respect to the dynamics of the, of the Cold War, that this, you know, just this, this kind of Americanized accent is a a um just a reminder that there is this other out there right the other for russia is still america right and so and so these brits in 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 russia is is they're are interesting right they're you know um there It's just this player of like it's two former superpowers um mingling right and, and and the way of dealing with America being out there is is in this kind of um mocking, mocking sort of way. Yeah, um, in this in those, this, in this yeah.
1: caricature of what it you know yeah
0: the, caricature what, yeah definitely of what,
1: of what america purports to be about it's funny cuz there are, there's a lot of cautionary tales uh right that i i think the model of russia is kind of a cautionary tale for tony um you know and i mm, I, yeah. I, I think that this is going to i mean uh, you know i i have a feeling having read the uh uh having read the wikipedia page that this is going to um uh, this is going to bear fruit uh, in the you know the final three episodes of this uh, of this series. Oh, some, was, some
0: Berlin walls are coming down. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> I, I was. Oh, uh, I wanted to say let's do three episodes for next time because it's. Uh, right,
0: we'll, we'll push it. We'll push it through to the. Uh, we'll, we'll take it to the bridge. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> can
0: you hit it and quit? <laughs> can you hit it and quit? Can you hit it and quit? Hit me. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Um, the, uh... Yeah, I think Sex Machine is a great, uh, title for this episode, <laughs> actually.
1: <laughs> oh, I was gonna go at Heaven is Other People, but it's, uh, you're the host, Sex Machine
0: oh, I, is... I like I like Heaven is Other People, but I like, like, post-Soviet Sex Machine as well, <laughs> but,
1: uh... Um... Uh... What we? Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take it to the bridge next
0: time. Right, because, uh, because 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 like you're saying you 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 think that I think I think it's absolutely right. This this metaphor of um, like the importance of Russia, like symbolically, is 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 with reference to to Tony, right? And and the kind of collapse of of Russia is 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 foreshadowing. Um, not great things for Tony. Right. Um, and we have, like, like you said, we have three episodes left in series one. And it definitely, like, stuff is happening, right? The, like, the, the, they're, they're, things are starting to acquire a certain momentum.
1: The, um, um, and I think a, there's the also, though, there's talk- a larger political kind of cautionary tale, I think, for America. That is, you know, that is the the general sort of thing that you hear that is going to, to have to do with... Um, uh, like paul kennedy 's argument in the rise and the fall of uh, the rise and fall of great powers right, um, right, that, right, right that we right. seem to be uh, we seem to be repeating we seem to be in kind of a very late stage uh, uh, of empire right um, sure. now i I think the thing that i mean I, I you know i think the the problem with that argument is that that kind of argument assumes that nation states are the kind of the the primary the most important actors um mm. uh, on the global stage and i think it's actually right.
0: it's still it's, a, cause it's still it's a realist argument right it's you know, again we've talked a little we've done a, a bit of i r theory in this show and it's 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 it's, it's it, it assumes that the main um the main form of system change um is is in the number and relative power of units, right? So that that a, a realist political system changes just when they get when one power, one country gets more or less power, and the number of great powers shifts. So whether you have a unit, you know, a unipolar versus bipolar versus multipolar international system, um, and a alternative view of system change is articulated by. Um, a political scientist named John Ruggie um, who argues that in fact, you know, what realist theory misses is that you can actually have um, fundamental changes in the nature of the units themselves, right? So that in a increasingly transnational world um, uh, transactions, communication happens across borders, across cultures. And so that um, the, 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 the primary units are not defor- defined necessarily by Spatially impermeable boundary boundaries, but by by something else, right? right. Well,
1: this, I mean, right, and, in, and I think right in an increasingly transnational world is exactly it. And we've talked about we've talked a lot about transnationalism. I mean, we've talked a lot, a lot about transnationalism, on, uh, especially as it uh, as it pertains to Gossip Girl. Um, and I think I think also we're sort of in the in the larger movement from um, from in a. Uh, uh, from an economy defined by what by um, the movement of goods and services to an economy defined by the movement of, of uh, kind of abstractions of capital and also of ideas, um, I, I think
0: we're I think we're right. It's telling, at, it's telling it that they're going on a field trip to Russia. Right. Like that's globalization. You know, a right. bunch of British teenagers are going on a field trip to Russia. That's, yeah, not to, you know, you
1: know, not to like Stratford upon Avon birthplace of Shakespeare. Right. But right. To, But to Moscow. Now, geographically, that's like it's an equivalent distance from, say, like New York to St. Louis. Right. So it's uh, we, we would think of it. I don't know. Well,
0: like, trust me, that it's as shocking. I will tell you what culturally, <laughs> like it is, it is as shocking. Yeah, like, I talking about going into the history you know land. I, mean, kids, I lived, I lived in St. Louis for six months, man. It's it's, it's awful. <laughs> St. Louis is no Nanyuki, I'll tell you what
1: um. <laughs> Nanyuki, Kenya But I think that like, um, I mean, contra the, the, what, the realist And I'm I'm way out of my depth here Because uh, I, pre- I play pretend for a living But contra the, um, but you know, I'm a limber- liberally educated, independent, uh, you know you,
0: you talk to me once a week, that's like, I mean It's It's like having it's like having at least a master's degree in in, that privilege. Um.
1: (laughs) Uh, The uh, (laughs) wait, what did you see? Uh, Others pay handsomely
0: for that privilege.
1: That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What is a uh, what is what is tuition at your your vocational school? It's it's not cheap. (laughs) (laughs) But um uh i i think we're kind of it's funny that you talk about like there are there are a number of equilibria that can kind of uh that can kind of emerge endogenously um that that sort of take into account uh uh political structures, um uh sort of lower level norms and things like this, and that just in the lived experience we kind of arrive at a we arrive at an equilibrium and you're talking about Kenya and, and bribery where there, you know, there are laws and the laws are observed under certain circumstances and there's corruption and the corruption is kind of institutionalized and so the corruption is um the corruption is kind of observed in a in a scrupulous way under certain circumstances. I mean I think that that this is more likely to be the model of what happens internationally. Um, where Where a kind of equilibrium emerges uh that is you know that is let 's say like a post superpower uh, equilibrium that has to do with um, uh, oh what that has to do with uh, access to information that has to do with um uh you know uh, globalization and kind of the transnational flow of capital that has to do with the black market and the black market flow of goods like uh drugs and human trafficking and um sort of other black market goods uh that that we're going to that you know the this is more likely to be the mechanism by which a uh, uh, some sort of equilibrium arrives uh, in the postmodern world, I don't know. Well, what do you I think, think there's that?
0: one. There's one more uh, piece of that that I'd like to throw out there, and it, it relates also directly to this episode, and that's multiculturalism, right? And and because this is an episode also about about Anwar, um right. You know, who is a, a a a British South Asian Muslim, right? And I think it's like a really it's a cool that they include this this character because it's a really important part of, um, of contemporary British, uh, British culture. Um, and, and it's cool. As a side note, I didn't realize this until I was, um, reading, w- reading Wikipedia. Um, but that, uh, I guess I, you know, the actor who plays Anwar has probably had the most post skin success yeah. of any of the skins actors, right? Dev Patel of, of slum dog, um, of slum, slum dog fame. Right. Yeah. Uh, He's, well, All he's he wants to of- do is bang, 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 bang and take your money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, uh, he's younger here. You know what I mean? He's he's sort of yeah. – he looks more like a kid uh, in Skins.
0: Yeah, exactly. He has his little crustache, right? right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: but no, but it's really interesting, right? So a well, lot of what's going on
1: – Yeah, I mean I guess sort of religious – religion is a factor that I didn't kind of bring out because we live in sort of a uh, – we live in a post-religious – uh, that 's not true well we live it, we live in a post religious elite within American culture. you and I do, I suppose yeah yeah but, um, but, but it 's sort of important to American culture, and I think actually like it it says something about me and the limitations of my perspective that i actually don 't take it into account when i'm when i 'm kind of constructing the the you know the rather theory of uh global political change or you know global social change
0: but I think what 's interesting is is. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess it is religion. And so you could go in one direction in one way you could go in a, um, so one way you could say that is, is going in the Samuel Huntington clash of civilizations direction. Right. So that like that Samuel Huntington, you know, people were struggling at the end of the cold war, right? The cold war was this end of history. Um, and, and the question is what is the next big conflict? What is the next pull, Right. So one answer to this was, well, it's, it's, a clash of cultures of religion. Um, and, 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 uh, Harvard political scientist Samuel Huntington, uh, published a famous piece called the clash of civilization and made this argument. And some would say that's been borne out. Um, and, and sometimes, and some people then point within societies, um, within British society, uh, and the, the sizable number of, um, of Muslims, uh, largely from uh, from Pakistan and from um, from the subcontinent um, as as a as a within culture uh, incidence of this and Anwar right so I think Anwar is like a different represents a different mode of this right of this is it you know it it I, he actually represents that he talked about transnationalism as being syncretic right um, of, of being of of giving and taking across cultural boundaries right I think that the uh, of multiculturalism, you know, religious within a society is that, you know, this is, uh, one theme throughout the, the, the Maxi and Anwar episode is what, to which Anwar is a bad Muslim. Right. And what what things he can do um, and within his within his faith and which things he can't um, and, and, and the extent to which his 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 faith is a um, is, is a shield for just things that he's uncomfortable with. Right. So he's OK with getting drunk and and boning child bride, um, but like not OK with the fact that his friend is gay. Right well this is uh, yeah, I
1: mean this has to do with the kind of the selective and opportunistic deployment of religion uh, you know that that you sort of see all the time. you see it all the time in America um, uh, you know you see it all the time in america with with a certain kind of fundamentalist Christianity, which is fundamentalist uh, maybe a fundamentalist in certain respects and not at all fundamentalist socially, um, that is to say it totally jettisons the the uh, radical um, communitarian social message of Jesus, uh, but uh, right, but there's there's sort of more, this goes to what we were talking about, like, is, you know, you have a theory, and you have lived experience, and how do you, you know, how do you recon- right. reconcile the two? And this seems to be, I mean, even with Sid, actually, right, there's a theory of adolescence, right, Cause, because adolescence is, is a um, adolescence is a is a social technology, or at least is the, the result of a social technology, yeah. and yeah. that like, um, he, um, you know those uh those girly pictures on his wall you know are are utterly conventional from a certain point of view right uh, uh, you know like who who is to say that that is the correct um, that that is the correct sort of thing that he he ought to um uh, you know that he ought to. That ought to turn him on. You know, maybe
0: he... society. Society says it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think society says we
0: probably should wrap up. And, I, this and when I say society, I mean I mean society as as a Dirk Hivey and not as an angry teenager. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, you can email us. I'm I'm uh, I'm staging a small coup here.
0: You can email us at. T- no wait, no, we're not done. We are not done. I am gonna. Oh, we're, we're, we are far from over. There's one thing I want to say. Um, it, it's a shout out. It's also uh I think another, um, I think another response, uh, rather than um, kind of parsing out and, and, and assimilating, is is some form of violent resistance. I just want to shout out. It's, I guess it's only tangentially related, but I want to shout out um, a film that I saw earlier this year called Four Lions um, by British filmmaker uh, Chris Morris that is about. Um, Basically, like like the Keystone Cops or Bad News Bears of um, Islamist terrorists in in the UK, and it's like it's a an amazing um, uh, black comedy, um, really interesting, really like talking about like the motivations for suicide terror terrorism and having them be very rooted in this kind of you know a, an attempt to reconcile. Um, um, it, multi, multiple cultural uh, identities. It's it's a it's a really a hilarious movie. If, I don't know if it's out in the states yet. Um, I imagine it will be playing at you know the IFC Center or, or the equivalent in your major metropolitan area. Um, but if you you know if you're, if you're a listener from uh from from the UK from Europe, um, check it out if it's still in the theaters. Um, that's that's my plug. you you probably, you probably can right. find it on the Waffles. Yes, definitely definitely go to the waffles. Um and and go other places though cuz the waffles don't give us any revenue. They don't give anybody any revenue. But how can you give us some revenue? Um, well you could um you know you can you could go to uh com. Click us on Amazon uh, links. Actually, we've never we've never done a real stump speech for this uh, for this program. This was kind of a listener feedback episode. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass the hat here. Like, if you if you like what we do, I mean, I think you've you've at least been showing us you've been paying us with your reading responses. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a there's a PayPal link right on um, right on overthinkingit.com. Just give a click. You know, doing two podcasts ups our our server. Um, Bandwidth, and we, yep. we do it because we love it, and and we, we love we love you, even though we abuse you. We, we abuse you because we love you,
1: <laughs> Only when you only, only when you make us angry.
0: <laughs> only when you make us <laughs> self self righteous. And you
1: make us you make us angry when you love us. So you see yeah, that exactly? A,
0: it, it's, we're very conflicted, um, but but and, and, and any anything and, like no contribution is too small. I don't know. Can, is there, is it possible to earmark for TFT? You um, know, yeah. There's a there's a little
1: notes field. So if you if you put in a note that it's TFT, but I even would I would flog this even more than than the PayPal link. Um, we've been putting recommended reading and. uh recommended reading and, you know, Amazon links uh, in our show notes. Those are all affiliate links. So it, whatever you buy from Amazon after clicking through one of those links in that in that session, or if you buy one of the things that we refer to, um, w- you don't pay any more, but we get a small kickback a percentage. I think it's like 4% or something.
0: Uh, from That's right. Derrida the- uh, just sends the tri- uh, the check directly to us.
1: <laughs> um, and um, <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I was looking at our – we don't know who buys what. Well But we see what was bought because, uh, you know, uh, because it's accounted for so that we can see what we're getting a percentage of. Um, Someone bought the complete series of The Wire through an affiliate. Yes, Yes. I know that is it's like victory, Uh, victory for us. (laughs) Um, so thanks thanks for doing that Thanks for donating cash if you can do that Through PayPal but also thanks for um, uh, You know we know that you buy video games We know that you buy music and, and uh, Movies we know that you buy Books um, especially if you're listening To this podcast so uh,
0: but There's no pornography affiliate links are there <laughs> yeah. if, you know, no, Nobody buys that though
1: right <laughs> I, You know actually one of the reasons that the web Is 90% porn uh, You know I'd say 90% of that is affiliate links It's uh, there, there are a lot of of, uh, affiliate programs.
0: Anyway, let's bring this one home. Right. No, no, no. We're, 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 we're almost there. The, the point is we appreciate your your listenership. We appreciate every bit of support. Um, other ways to show support are just send us an email, tftpodcast at everythinginus.com. Send us a text message or voicemail to 20fatjog uh, 01. Uh, that's uh, 203285 um, 6401. Six zero 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 one. Um, you know, at reply us on the Twitters. Uh, review us on iTunes. So we do have a new review, a recent review on iTunes. Um, and, and it's funny as I just said um. It's a it's a positive four star review by uh, listener Lush Kalu who uh, whose only gripe is that uh, uh, if they, they wonder if we will ever get a complete sentence out because of the constant interruptions and a lot of hemming and hawing a lot of um um sort of uh, uh 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 listen Lushkulu, this is heavy shit that we are left in here <laughs> and we're listening it for you we're listening it for the, the transnational syncretic hipsterati. we're listening it for the amish for the child brides But most of all, we're lifting this, um, uh, this, uh, heavy burden for the, um, Um, these, um, these, uh, um, uh, um, 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 these, um, um, fucking uh, um, fucking teenagers, um, um,